welcome to a recording of a short Bible-based talk from Hope Church Worcester. If you're in the area and you'd like to visit us, we would love to see you. We meet in our building called the Granary, which is located in the centre of Worcester. Uh, so I'm just going to continue our new series. We are looking at the gospel according to John. John was one of Christ's apostles and he wrote what is the fourth gospel in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And as we're looking through this series, what I'm really want to, wanting to draw out of it and what I believe the writer John wanted to draw out of it was identifying who this Jesus is so if I was going to give this series a title, it would be John's Gospel, Jesus is dot, dot, dot. And with each sermon, we're going to unpack as we go through each portion of scripture, who exactly is the identity of Jesus and what does that mean for us, for those who are his disciples and choose to, fun, uh, choose to follow him. So we're going to be looking at the next portion. It will become chapter by chapter eventually, but as I said on the first one a few weeks ago, John chapter one is so explosive with truth that I had to break it down into a few verses if that's okay. So we're just gonna do the next few verses still in John chapter one this morning. But feel free to open your Bibles if you've got it, otherwise just listen along, but we'll get to the reading in a moment. It's funny though, I was thinking in preparation for this, how reflective you can become as a parent or even just as you continue to age and get older, no matter what stage of life you're at, Either way, you start seeing those who are younger than you go through the same situations or similar circumstances as you did growing up. If you have a kid, then there are these key stages as I've come to learn and I've got very young kids, so I know I've got a lot more crazy stages to come, which I look forward to, I'm sure. Seeing Ash and Beth Dark with their newborn baby just filled me with fear. <laughs> Only joking, I'm sure they're having a great time. It's lovely, really, as you reflect. <laughs> uh, but um, you look through their key stages, you see them growing up, and it reminds you of your own childhood growing up. So with Elowin, as you just heard there, my eldest daughter, she entered the classic stage very early on of needing her nightlight, which I've got here. This is a very handy nightlight. Okay, you charge it with the plug, you just press the sensor, there it is, but better than that, holding it down makes it brighter or makes it go uh, darker. So it's very, it's very high-tech, at least it's high-tech to me. I think that's high-tech. Um, but uh, this is Eloine's nightlight. She needs this nightlight, not just occasionally, but all the time. Every night she needs to have that nightlight on. Occasionally she'll even ask for the landing or the bathroom lights to be kept on as well. But her nightlight, when it's on full capacity, is something to behold. You can't tell now because it's as bright as day. But in the pitch black, when you set it to that high setting, it is like blinding. And what's her favourite setting? It is to have the highest. I can't, I can't believe she sleeps with that light on. But that's her preference. That's what she likes to do. And we can just about get away actually with, putting, with creeping into her bedroom and putting a sock over it at least, turning it down, putting a sock over it. But even then we'll come in the next morning and we'll find the sock 
has been thrown to the floor. And she's, she's a tiny girl, she's only three, but she knows, it's the same with phones, it's scary. She knows what to do with phones. She's only three and she knows to hold it down and to make it as bright as she wants it to be again. I'm gonna wake up in the morning and it's like day, even though it's night outside. Uh, but I was exactly the same growing up. I think probably most of us were to some degree. In fact, I didn't have a nightlight. That wasn't a thing in our family. So my parents would just keep the bedroom light on. And that was just, I can remember that. I don't know how I was able to sleep with my bedroom light on, but I needed it. Uh, and it was because with Elowin, with ourselves, when we, get through that, when we went through that stage growing up, it provided a sense of comfort, of safety, of security. And obviously, practically, it gave her an ability to see where she wanted to go. She gets up in the night to go to the toilet. So that light is there just to guide her and to let her see where it is she needs to go. If she needs to come into our bedroom because she's had a bad nightmare, then she can see the door, she can see the corridor and where she needs to go. That light guides her. And that is what we'll be looking at this morning, light. But we'll be looking at the true light, the one who embodies all light, Jesus Christ, and how he is the light and the light of the world, the light of every single one of us. So let's start then. We'll read John chapter 1, and this time it's verses 16 to 13. So John wrote this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, but his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amen. So putting John the baptizer, which the first part of these verses quickly describe to us and bring onto the scene, putting him to one side for now, as we will come back to him in a later sermon. The text, though, those first few verses, six to eight, uh, they say two quick things about him regarding the light, which is Jesus. One, that John wasn't the light, and he knew that he wasn't the light. People thought that he was the light, which is just another word for saying the Messiah, the Savior, the one who the Jews in Israel believed were going to come at some point and restore the kingdom of Israel. They believed it would be on earth and it would be another empire, another kingdom. But obviously we know it was different. It was something, it was something else, something spiritual. And secondly, that he was a witness to that light as well. So keeping those two things in the back of our minds, let's just jump ahead now to Jesus. I'm just going to read verse 9 again. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. Jesus Christ, as we saw in our last sermon, was the word of God. Who we saw last time, uh, sorry, who we saw last time was with God and is God as well. 
He is the true light. He is the light of the world. When we say that he's the light, which he is, what we're not saying and what we're not believing is that Jesus is the physical, literal source of all light or that um, particles that make up the substance of light is Jesus. So Jesus isn't present in this room just because all these lights are on, which I'm sure all of us understand. You know, he's not physically light in how light is made. It means something different when John refers to Jesus as the light. The Apostle John, he means to express the reality that Jesus has shone a light on the truth. That Jesus is the light means Jesus is shining a light on the truth and that he is the truth himself. So in some ways, Jesus is shining the light, but he's shining the light on himself because he is the truth. Light is the truth. Jesus is the light of the truth. He's revealed true knowledge of how to be saved. We know how we can be saved by looking to Jesus, who shone a light on that. He shone a light on what it means to walk in a moral way, not for morality's sake. We're not moralists. We don't live from our morals, but to live for Jesus naturally means we will reflect his character and his character is good and moral and we will express that in how we live and he's revealed to us as well by shining a light on our father Jesus came to show us the father and the kingdom of the father so I think of it as kind of like you remember those cartoons you used to watch like Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny when they used to get an idea or something used to be revealed to them when they're trying to think of something and that light bulb would appear and then they'd pull the little tag and the light would just pop on. Or I also was thinking about how when you go to the theatre, if any of you have been to the theatre, and the giant thick curtains are pulled back, the stage lighting is switched on and it just beams that stage light on the stage on the pit where the band is, on the actors, so that you can see and have all your attention and focus drawn, not what's going on around you where the other seats are, but exactly who you want it to be. And like when the spotlight specifically comes on that one actor or actress who's performing in that moment. Kerry and I, we went to London recently and uh, we saw Back to the Future, the musical, which I know sounds really sad. (laughs) Back to the Future trilogy, amazing. Rachel, I know you love it. Yes, Emma, you love it. Great trilogy. Uh, And they released a musical several years ago. So we went to see it as a birthday treat of mine and it was amazing. If you ever get a chance, it's so good. They actually put the DeLorean car, if anyone's seen the film, you know, the the DeLorean brand of cars where the... the, uh, the, um, the doors would come up the side and everything. They made that car and they put it on stage and somehow they got it to drive on stage. I don't know how they did it. There was techie gizmo all going on. And if you know me, it probably wasn't much techie gizmo, but I just thought it was techie. But it was so clever how they did it. But all the lights, all the rigging, they even got fire on the stage. Like when it shoots through time and the tires produce the fire, they got that on the stage. It was just so great. But I knew all the techie guys, all the equipment was just beaming all the lights and focusing my attention on everything I needed to see on that stage in that moment. Now with Jesus then being the light of the world in that he shone a light and revealed the truth of the knowledge of the Father and the kingdom and his good news. That's what Jesus is doing. 
Jesus is that spotlight. He's the light himself, but he's shining a light on all these things that he's come to reveal to us. What is the kingdom? Who is God really? Because God revealed himself in the Old Testament, but Jesus has brought the full and complete understanding of who God is, how he's father, loving heavenly father, and all the myriad of other aspects to God's nature. Jesus has revealed to us. If we want to know the father, we come to Jesus. Jesus shows us the father. He shines a light on uh, the father. So Jesus, he's the source of ultimate revelation, total reality, and absolute truth. We live in an age where that's rejected. There is no such thing as absolute truth. There is something called postmodernism, the belief that you can believe what you want to believe, and if that's what you want to believe, then that's absolutely fine. It is your truth. It's your light. As long as it doesn't hurt anyone, go ahead. But as disciples of Jesus, we don't believe that. We believe there is one way, there is one truth, and there's one life, and there's one light. And it's Jesus. He is absolute truth. Everything else falls away and fades away. Nothing's new, nothing is new under the sun. As every flower withers and dies, as every bird in the tree collapses from the branch, so every other belief system or truth will fall away. But only one will last, and that's Jesus. Jesus will last forever. He will be the light. So he's like a spotlight beaming down on the person, drawing our attention to them, showing us what we should be looking at. He's like, <laughs> only I would probably think of something like this, but he's like the bat signal. I'm a, super, I'm a superhero fan. Batman, Batman's got a bat signal, and when Gotham City needs him, he shines the light in the sky, and it injects fear into the criminal underworld of Gotham City, and people know, right, Batman's doing his thing tonight. We better be careful. It's kind of like that. <laughs> it worked for me. I was like, yeah, that, I get that. That's good. He, his light, it is a light. It is a beacon. It is a spotlight. It is like that. But it's not instilling fear or judgment or condemnation. That's not what Jesus came to do initially. But rather, his light is a beacon. It shines bright for everyone to see who wants to see it, of truth and knowledge and hope in God's shining for all of us to see. So Jesus is that light. So verses 10 to 11, as we go on, it says, John says, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, who he made, if you remember, and his own people did not receive him. So at this moment in history, John the apostle records the world had rejected Jesus the light. He came to his people, the Jews of Israel, but they rejected him. And it goes on past the Jews to what's called the Gentiles, which is you and me. If you're not a Jew, you're, you're a Gentile, is how they viewed the world. Um, and it was the same for us. Our kind also rejected Jesus as well. It would go on to reject him, and even to this day, the light is not received by so many, sadly. The majority, scripture says, do not receive the light, but only those few, that narrow road, if you remember. And darkness is more willingly embraced. Switch on the news, switch on the TV. It shouldn't be long before it's clear our darkness, our world, is enveloped mostly in darkness, and we need light, the light of Jesus. 
rejected by Jews and Gentiles alike, rejected by people from the past, present and future. Jesus is a divisive figure, the scripture tells us. He's a divisive figure in one sense. You either accept him and love him and his light and embrace that light and walk in his light, or you do reject him and hate him in the darkness and you accept that darkness. There isn't a middle ground ultimately. Although all of us are on faith journeys, we're coming and learning and understanding ultimately the way we live our life and the choices we make will tell us if we're in the light or if we're in the darkness, if we're with Jesus or if we're without him. But let's read on then lastly to verses 12 and 13. John wrote, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. To anyone and everyone who steps into and receives the light that is Christ, who believes in his truth, in his revelation, who believes in what he's come to tell us, which has been recorded in inspired scripture. If we come and we believe this book and everything that's been written for us, for our strengthening, for our encouragement, for our teaching, for our training so that we can work, walk in works of righteousness and good deeds that God wants us to. If we believe in that, he gives the right to become children of God. Another way of saying we're saved. If we come to Jesus, if we accept him as our Lord and our saviour, as the one who was born for us, who lived righteously, lived a right life that we could never live for us, who died on a cross, as we've been so brilliantly singing about, I love those gospel-centered songs, who died for us on a cross in our place, paid your penalty of sin on Calvary, which is the place he died as he hung there, bleeding, mutilating, mutilated, and dying slowly. If we believe in that, and then in his resurrection, that he came back to life, he was raised from the dead to prove he is the one true and living God. He is the saviour and redeemer of all humans, of every man, woman, boy and girl, young, old, black, white, male, female, rich, poor, whoever you are, he died for all kinds of people and he rose again for all kinds of people so he could make us children of God so we could restore our relationship to our heavenly father who he came to show us, reveal to us, who we get to know about as we read his lovely scriptures, as we read them daily. That's what Jesus has done for us if we believe on him, if we confess with our lips that he's Lord and believe in our hearts that he's our savior. He rescues us and he includes us in the family of God. We're with him. And it's not just about knowing the Lord in the head, that's so important to remember. It's not just facts and intellectual understanding, which is vitally important. We do need to remember that those things are important. We're called to know God deeper and understand him. But it's about faith in and a personal relationship with him. Is he your friend? Is Jesus your friend? Is he the man, the God man you go to for help? But not just for help, as your companion anyway, even if you're in the mountaintop as well as if you're in the valley, where you're having a good day or a bad day, is he still your God? Is he still your friend, companion, confidant, your brother, your father? Is he still all those things to you? 
no matter what you're going. And do you love him? Do you love him? Are your affections stirred for Jesus? Do you sit back when you've got a moment and just think, man, I love my Jesus. I love my God for who he is, as well as what he's done in dying and rising from the dead for me. So then we've seen that Jesus is the light. John has told us in this next section of his letter that he is the light of the world. He is the full and complete revelation of God and has shone a light on the true knowledge of the Father, who God is, our Father. His plan of salvation through sending Jesus, his son, and the kingdom, the fact that we're citizens of the kingdom, the kingdom values and cultures that you can read about in scripture. You look to God, and as you understand God's character and nature, you understand what his kingdom is like, his rule and his reign. When we step into the light of Jesus, we're seeing clearly who God is, how he's redeemed us from sin, from death, from hell, from wrath, from the devil himself, and what his kingdom's all about. Well, what are we then, in conclusion, to do with this light? Firstly, if there's any unbelievers here today, can I invite your where, or if your faith is shaky, particularly if you're an unbeliever, but let's say your, your faith is shaky as well. You're not where you were or where you would want to be. There's stuff going on that's a struggle and a difficulty. Can I invite you to step back into the light? You've walked away from it, come back into it. The door light, the front porch light is always on. The front porch light is always on. The room, is, the room light is always on for you in the household of God. The door's always open for you in the household of God. Leave behind the darkness, the destruction and the deadness of your existence and what it looks like now if you're an unbeliever. And come to know Christ and his light and life, living life to the full, purpose, meaning, destiny, satisfaction, pleasure and joy that Jesus gives you when you know him. Come and know the truth about reality, what that truth is, the fact it's a person. Truth isn't an abstract thing. Truth is a person. Truth is Jesus. And be truly enlightened by the real light and absolute truth that Jesus is. The Enlightenment back in the 19th century, that wasn't true enlightenment, as helpful as it was in some ways. True enlightenment is coming to God through his words to know his Jesus and to be his disciple and to follow him. That's true enlightenment, that's true knowledge. Then for us believers and, for, and unbelievers, speak to me, speak to someone you came with or someone you know could help you, lead you into who is this Jesus? What do you mean? Unpack it more for me. We'll do that, we'll pray for you. And for those who are a bit shaky in our faith, we'll do exactly the same as well for you. Speak to your small group leader or a friend you came with. Don't miss an opportunity that our times together on a Sunday afford us. And then for us believers, just two things to carry away with us. Firstly, an invitation, an invitation to step further and deeper into the light. Come and know Jesus better and better. Our saviour, I see him, is a bottomless well of truth and grace and life, welling up to an overflowing fountain of knowledge, true knowledge, hope, joy, peace, satisfaction and love. We can only dig deeper and know him better. So practically speaking, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, 
grab them, flee to your Bibles, make your Bibles your foundation, your pinnacle, your crux and center, your core of your daily living, whatever it looks like in your routine, prioritize the word of God because it's through God's word that we come to know all of this stuff. Mine the word of God for all its gold and for all its treasure of God's great story where we learn all about him. Learn more about God, his plan of redemption for you, his restoration for this world, what he's like and what he's done. Psalm chapter 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. When we keep God's word first and foremost in our lives, we will have its light shine us the way, just like Elohim knows the way to go. She needs to go to the bathroom or to come and see us if she's scared, worried, had a bad dream. Simplistic analogy, but apply it to you and yourself. She has a nightlight. The Bible is our nightlight. The Bible is our bulb. The Bible is our spotlight. The Bible is our shining light guiding us back to Jesus to help us. So let's not abandon it. Don't let the light be dimmed by regularly closed Bibles gathering dust on our mantelpieces because life is too busy. Life is flipping busy. It is so busy, I know, with the stage of life I'm in. And you guys, some of you are in way busier lifestyles than I am. But it's worth finding those minutes to meditate in God's words, whatever that might look like. So let's not, let's not lose it. So let's be exposed to that gospel light and have our hearts regularly opened up and basking in the light of God's truth. And then secondly, a challenge. That was an invitation. Let's come back to our Bibles, the light of our Bibles. Lastly, a challenge. A challenge then to shine the light we have as children of God. Jesus is the light of the world. If we believe in him, he's given us his spirit. Therefore, his bright shining light is now in us. As the spirit is in us, God's light is in us. We have a responsibility as his disciples to shine that light. Remember how John the Apostle and the author of this letter described John the Baptizer. He said that he was a witness to the light. If we have the light of the truth and knowledge of God in us, then we have a responsibility, an opportunity, a privilege, and an honor to share that light with other people. So think, what opportunities can you take to shine the light of the good news to somebody in your office, at playgroup, when you catch up with your friends, when you go to the pub for a pint, whatever it might be, what things can you jump on to share and demonstrate something of the light of Jesus to other people? Let's not hide it, let's not keep it to ourselves, but let's display it for all to see. And just like Elowin's nightlight, let's not Let's not keep our light dim and faded and insignificant, but let's make every effort to shine it absolutely flipping brightly, like Elowin does when I come in each morning and I can't miss, un it's unmistakable her light has been switched on to full capacity. Let's have our light switched on to full capacity. I also thought I looked like Iron Man when I did that as well. <laughs> this morning when I was thinking about this, I was like, yes, Iron Man. Anyway, that kind of spoils the sum up there. That's all right. So anyway, let's believe in that Jesus today is the light of the truth. That's what John wants us to know in this part of the series. Jesus is the light. And shining that light to others as we tell people the truth and demonstrate it in our lives. Let's do it. 
We hope you enjoyed the talk. Further information about Hope Church can be found at www.hope-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening.